Welcome to Vibrant Body and Abundant Life with Tanya Penny. Listen in and learn how to use new mind, body, and spirit wisdom and supportive tools to move beyond your fears, self-doubts, and limiting beliefs. Tanya is devoted to helping you heal pain, illness, and trauma so you can enjoy a healthy body and balanced lifestyle. You deserve to fully live your passionate, purposeful life with abundance and freedom. Hello and welcome to Vibrant Body and Abundant Life, an inspiring, empowering series where some of the world's cutting edge, mind, body, spirit, healers, coaches, and leaders are coming together to share with you their wisdom, their tools, so that you can move beyond fear, self-doubt, limiting beliefs, so that you can fully step into who you are. And perhaps that also means healing past illness or trauma. I'm your host, Tanya Penny, Healing Catalyst, Vibrant Body and Abundant Life Coach. And I'm here because I'm devoted to helping you to heal. Whatever it is in your life that needs a little bit of love and attention, so that you can have a healthy body, a peaceful mind, and a passionate, purposeful life with abundance and freedom, because the truth is we all deserve it. And today, you guys, I'm very excited. And I know I always say I'm excited, but I truly am like exponentially excited to share the wisdom of Stephanie Celine with you. We are going to be diving into a very, hmm, I don't even like the word juicy, but I'm going to use it today, juicy topic of your truth (laughs) and boundaries. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know why. I just have always heard the word juicy, but but I'm using it today, you guys. I'm going outside my comfort zone. Um, We're going to be talking about your truth and boundaries so that you can heal and receive 100% in all areas of your life whether it's your health, your love life, your business, your purpose. Um, Yeah, all of it, all of it. So before I give my little um, intro to Stella, I almost said Stella, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, (laughs) I want to talk a little bit about my personal connection um, with Stephanie. Oh, it's weird for me to even say that. So um, I know, it's weird to hear it. Um, I, I met Stephanie slash Stella several years ago. Um, she was working under the, the name of Stella Orange, and she's a wordsmith, a copywriter for healers, coaches, and pretty much anyone, you know, looking to um, get their message out into the world. And it wasn't until I worked more deeply with her this past year, um, you know, we started to talk about things, and towards the end, it came out that her name is really Stephanie. And I was like, what? I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> so, um, so that's my little personal connection. So Stephanie Celine has been writing letters, plays, and journals for the past 28 years and has spent the last eight years writing marketing and building a popular copywriting business at StellaOrange.com. She's now in the mood for something entirely different. Woohoo! Helping people write their way home, especially if they don't think they can write. So welcome, Stephanie. 
Mm, so good to be here, Tanya. <laughs> I don't know why, but I, it's like I just can't. I feel like I'm going to burst with, like, I'm smiling and, like, I don't know. I know, me so too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like giddiness, right? Like, oh, my God. Because I don't know that we've ever talked to one another before as, like, Tanya Penny and Stephanie Celine. It's always been Stella Orange and Tanya Penny. So it's, like, it's a different vibe, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's perfect. What a perfect topic. Um, I think for so many of us this time of year, as we're moving into the holidays, where it can be even harder to be who you are, um, especially yeah. when you're with your family of origin um, and, you know, boundary flags are coming up all over the place. Uh, you know, we're needing to wave those. And, and you're, I mean, this is kind of your coming out, you know, coming yep. out of Stephanie Celine. And so um, how's that feel? Like, let's just start there. Like, so, so what made you, first of all, what made you pick to use Stella Orange versus Stephanie Celine when you were building your, your copywriting wordsmith business and what made you decide to come out and start to shift it now? Yeah. So it starts with a story, which was, I started my company back in 2009. So I think we're going on, I'm not so great with time, but I think we're going on eight or nine years at this point. And um, when I started my business, I was working with a business um, mentor, a business advisor who said, you know, you always want to have a benefit driven title for your business. So she suggested that I call my company that writes, you know, marketing copy that, that puts words to what people do. Um, she suggested that I call it words that sell. And like you, I am a rebel spirit, Tanya. And I was just like, Ugh. and I also was <laughs> used to be a high school, a public high school teacher at an alternative school I like working with the naughty boys. So I, I have this kind of um, oppositional defiant thing um, in my own life that, that is why I like working with those students. Um, and so that aspect of myself like came up and I was just like, I can't call my business words that sell. That is the corniest, most generic name for a business. And, you know, I come to writing and my copywriting work from a creative, artistic background. Before I did commercial writing, I wrote, like, I taught myself how to write for the theater and the stage. And I've always been more of a creative writer or a journal writer. You know, I've done freelance article writing for a number of years and whatnot. And so when I started my company and I got that advice, that advice didn't sit well with me. And mm. I didn't know at the time that one could use one's own instincts and intuition to guide you in your business decisions, but I had such a strong relationship with who I am that even the suggestion of naming my company words that sell just, you might as well like have told me to name like my, my company, like cash, the number four words, right? Like it was so... <laughs> tacky and so not me that I was like, I don't care if I'm paying this woman a lot of money who's quite wise in business to teach me the ropes. I cannot abide this advice. It just does not resonate or sit well with me in the slightest, um, you know, to, to not mince words, right? And so basically, I was like, mm, no, I'm not going to take that advice, even though that is the reasonable thing to do. <laughs> Instead, I'm going to call my company Stella Orange Wordsmith. And Stella Orange, the, the moniker, the, the, the alter ego, 
um, came from um, some other girlfriends and and me um, who decided, let's see, we were in our early 30s, so this was almost 10 years ago, and we decided to start like an old girls club for women because we were like, well, we can't let the men have all the fun. Like women should also have <laughs> secret clubs where we do secret things and we're up to mischief. And so we created this like breakfast club called the Secret Sisterhood. But of course, we set it with a lisp because secret clubs can often be quite silly. Um, and so we called it the Secret Sisterhood. And within that, we would meet every Friday, the three of us, to have breakfast. And we gave like each other these goofy names, as you do when you're in a secret club. And so it was Betty Red, Lola Blue, and Stella Orange. And so Oh, my gosh. I, I love it. I know. And, and so that, that happened. And that was when I lived in Montana, which is a whole other story for another day. And then I moved across the country to Miami, Florida to go see about a guy. And I didn't know what I wanted to do for work. And I was like 31, 32 years old. And I was like, gosh, I wouldn't hire me. Like, I'm basically unemployable because I'm so opinionated and I won't do anything that I think is stupid. And like, I don't think that I <laughs> perform well in job interviews at this point. And so I was like, okay, like I had a friend who said, you know, you can be paid as a writer, you can start your own company. And I was like, well, don't you need an MBA to have your own business? And she's like, no, no, I'll teach you. So that, you know, fast forward, it was my same dear friend who said, you need to have a company called Words That Sell. And I said, no. And I said, instead, I'm going to call it Stella Orange Wordsmith, because that feels like me. And so I, I dove in, I started doing that work and just, you know, writing copy for people's websites. I basically wrote anything like people hired me to write brochures, like print pieces, like leave behinds. And I've always been good at writing. Like that's just my jam. I love it. I love words. Like the muse talks to me. I, I have the ability to see people and listen to them and then hear the words that they should use so that what they are and what they're attempting to communicate actually does get conveyed to other human beings. Like that's, I came in with that gift. And so as I started this business, I would introduce myself like, hi, I'm Stephanie Celine. I run a copywriting studio that's called Stella Orange Wordsmith. Da, 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 da. But I was, again, a rebel, kind of surly, and the whole thing felt far too serious for me mm. and too like adult but not in the fun adult way in the like oh my gosh I think I'm dying every day when I wake up um and I was kind of also like at that time I was really like not sure if I could be successful in business because I thought I might have to be uh other than who I am and I'm quite goofy I'm quite like silly I make like poop jokes. I'm 41 years old and I make poop jokes in my professional life. And I'm like, I want to make sure. Can, we, can I just like, can I just stop for a second and be like, that yeah. is, I love that about you. Like here you are being silly and whatever and kind of quirky and, and like, that's why I love you. It's like that whole, yeah. like you're being, your, you're being your rainbow sheep. And um, seriously. Yeah. And I think so many I think so many people in the world and possibly a few people listening to this 
grew up under the same, same belief system, the same conditioning that we did, that as a quote-unquote adult, you have to be, you know, you have to have your shit together, you have to be serious. Um, if you, especially if you own a business, you better, like, put on your serious hat and, like, show up and be professional. And don't say and be, on an interview. And be boring. Like, to me, like, there was nothing about that image of what was required to be quote unquote successful or quote unquote professional. Like none of that was intriguing to me. Like the people that looked most interesting to me were the artists and the makers and the folks on the fringes, right? Like there was nothing about me that said, Ooh, corporate life or office job. Like I had already tried. Hell that. no. <laughs> and I found like, it did not give me life. That's not where I belonged. And so I just was kind of, you know, I'm big on experiments. So I was just kind of experimenting to see how that worked. And and long story short, um, I had some colleagues that were like, well, why don't you just show up to networking events as Stella Orange? Like, why don't you just become that character? Yes. And it was so liberating, Tanya, to think about that. Because I, you know, I, again, I have a background in theater. I'm like my dad when we were growing up, he would, we had this like lunchbox, this plastic lunchbox in our like Oldsmobile Cutlass station wagon where we would go through the drive-through and my dad would be like, all right, everyone put on your nose glasses, like those Groucho Marx glasses, with the <laughs> eyebrows and the mustache. And like, that was my family. So, you know, my mom, my brother, my dad and I would all put on those those Groucho Marx glasses and go through the drive-thru and my dad would use a silly voice and he's like this big like midwestern like six foot two like very like big beefy white guy and so he would use this funny voice as he would talk to the you know the ordering place <laughs> make his order on the drive-thru and then show up and we'd all be wearing these glasses and he would use his normal voice and hilarity would ensue right so oh that God. was in my DNA and I was like, okay, how do I square that up with this business stuff? And so I love, and throughout my life have played with this idea of characters and dress up and costumes and alter egos. And like, that's just how I move through the world. And so I just, you know, at the tender age of like, I don't know, 32, 33, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that here. <laughs> well, and here's so, the thing. There are, yeah. there's, all of us have. These different, um, some people call them archetypes, some people call them characters, some people just call them parts of ourselves, right? And so we all have those different parts, and we've been taught growing up to only show some parts with some people and only, you know, act certain ways with other people. And I think we're getting to the point right now, the whole living your truth piece is being able to put all, bring all those parts wherever you go. Um, and maybe in a in more integrated way, um, and maybe one yeah. steps out a little bit more than the other, but not hiding or holding back any piece yeah. of us anymore. Yeah, and I think for, for me in my own path, like I needed to have a different character that I showed the world because it was kind of like – I don't know. It was definitely on my growing edge to like put myself forth as a business person. I didn't know if I could pull it off. Um, I didn't know if I had the right stuff, even though I'd had, you know, other successes in my life. And so I basically like said, okay, I'm going to become her 
I'm going to become Stella Orange. And then Stephanie Celine is just going to be me, my introverted, which doesn't even exist. That's just a made up thing. But like, I like to be quiet. I like to go into the woods. I like to not talk to people. I like to hug trees and like, you know, talk to forest creatures, like all of the stuff that I wasn't <laughs> sure was ready to be shared with the world. And I was just like, okay, like executive decision. I don't have to share that stuff. That is my private life. I knew I was building an online brand. I had the sense that like people have always been attracted to me. And so there was this level of boundary making and self-protection where I was like, Stephanie Celine isn't ready to be seen by the whole world at this point on the internet. Like, and there's no judgment here. I'm going to do this workaround. I'm just going to become Stella Orange. She will become the most outspoken, bold, audacious part of myself who, Hey, she makes poop jokes too. Like, and I just made this world which is what we do as writers, you know, and what we do as I think functional, healthy human beings. Is it just me? I don't know. But we, I made this world where these were the rules. Like Stella was who taught my classes. Stella was who did client care and client interaction. The business side was Stella. And then at the end of the day, Stephanie was who went out with my friends, who showed up with my now husband, who would go talk to my family. And like, it sounds fragmenting but it was actually wonderful and well, it was, it was your actually, process it yeah was, it was your and yeah yeah it was my process and it felt like my choice and I was like love it and it served this beautiful distinction which I did realize early on which was that it let me know who my allies and right you call them your divine clients right it let me yeah. know who my people were If I said, oh, I'm Stella Orange, and I run a company called Stella Orange Wordsmith, like, if anyone ever found out that there was also a Stephanie Celine, if they didn't get it or thought that was weird, they weren't for me. Mm. And so it was awesome because it created this feeling of mischief and theater and play, and it just automatically aligned me with people who thought that was cool. And now... There are a whole bunch of people that did not know that I had like a different identity and name in my business until I recently outed myself this year. Um, you know, so that needs to be said as well. But it was just really yeah, and I didn't I, I didn't think it was weird. I was just I was just surprised when I found out like a few months ago. I was like, oh wow! I was like, that's cool. Like, interesting. Yeah. Like tell like tell me more about yeah. it. So so what's yeah. the coming out now? So what is what is that about? You you coming out now is um, as Stephanie Celine more in the business. Yeah. So I should say, I believe that life is a series of coming out. And when I was in college, (laughs) I came out, I came out to my parents as a woman who loved other women. And I had a girlfriend in college and it was really important to me to go back to my family and say, this is who I am. And I didn't like expect them to accept me. Like I didn't know what was going to happen. And it was really hard for them because they're Christians and like, don't even get me started. Um, And, like, that was my first, like, me declaring to people I love, this is who I am. And not having it go with total unconditional acceptance in return, right? And because I understand how I'm built, I'm like, well, like, and it's not that it wasn't painful or that I didn't cry tears because I did. But it was just like, it was always very simple for me. When faced at a fork in the road between revealing who I am when I felt called to do so versus 
you know, hiding myself or contorting myself to make other people comfortable, it's never been a choice for me. I mean, it's, how to say that? I always well, here's need the, to go he, he, with myself. Does that make sense? Yes, it absolutely does. And I think you're one of those, I'm going to put it out there that I think you're one of those rare um, forest creatures you're talking about. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> like, I love that too. And I do that too. I was like, she does. I'm like, I love that too. No wonder we're talking. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. But I, but I think you're one of those rare precious people that from a very, sounds like from a very young age, you knew that when, when the fork in the road came, you had to speak up, you had to live, you had to be your truth. And I don't think everyone has had that conditioning or courage or that has not been everyone's path. So it's so mm. cool to me to hear because my experience was not like that. I got, you know, mm -hmm. mine was not like that. Mine was, I tried yeah. to be like that. And then I got very shut down, um, mm -hmm. which is a whole nother thing. But I think a lot of people are from that perspective too. So it's so interesting to hear that to hear from someone who's always known that they needed to do that. Yeah. And, and for me, so I appreciate that reflection. And I think sometimes I don't, you know, it's like the things that we do on our own that come naturally to us. We often don't see that not everyone has that. So thank you yeah. for that validation for others and that reminder. Cause it, it is hard for, I'm like, well, how could that be the case? Like I'm quite, quite, um, I don't know what the word is. I just can't see it as, as clearly as you can. Um, so thank you for bringing that up for people. I know that's really helpful. Um, and for me, one of the, the tools that I always come to that I developed, you know, in my late teens, early 20s, was that, you know, the other road would be death. That uh. to keep hiding or to hold back you know, and I'm, I'm still on this journey too. It's not like I'm perfect. Lord knows I'm far from it. And I really had, you You're know, not? some, <laughs> I know, hallelujah. <laughs> but like, but like when I, when I finally calm down, like when I'm in this very emotional situation and I don't feel like I'm like, I'm seen or heard or people aren't getting me and I'm just like, Oh, this sucks. I'm like, well, okay. Like, and I have to like, kind of look into it and kind of drill down into it and what what it often comes to is a choice of okay I can do what they want me to do and I know what they want me to do but when I look down and kind of feel into what that reality would be it feels like I'm dead and well so, I think you just hit a very yeah. important point there because huh, and for a lot of us when we aren't being um, speaking, being, living who we truly are, right? What happens is it does, it does become the process of a slow death for many people. For me, it was an MS diagnosis. You know, uh -huh. for some people, it's depression. For some people, it's, I mean, you know, our, our health starts to go in one or more ways for a lot of people yep. um, when they're not fully living their truth and, and being who they are in the world. Um, so I, I loved your metaphor there with, you know, the other road is death. And it's like, yeah, definitely a slow death. But at any point you can choose to walk back down the road and take the other road. Yeah. And that takes 
how to say it. Like I was just talking to a friend of mine about this recently. Like it's really great to not be 20 years old anymore because the first time you do that, you know, like the first time you look into it, a situation, you're like, okay, well, I know what they, that person wants me to do, or I know what the status quo is. And if I keep this up, that feels like death, right? That's very clarifying. And the first time you back up, as you're saying, and then say, okay, I'm going to take this other road and see what's behind door two, which takes a heck of a lot of courage. And we don't know what's going to happen under door number two. But once you do it once, once you do it that first time and you realize that, okay, it's not easy, you know, things get shook up. It doesn't people look aren't like gonna how be you happy. Think it's going to look. People aren't <laughs> going to be happy. Like people are going to try to fight to claw you back into the old way of being because they don't want you to go and do it in the new way. Once you box. live, <laughs> yeah. Once you live through that, the game is up. Because if you do, and this is the same way. I'm I'm a long distance runner, and when I'm training for running, one of the things I say is if I can run two miles, then I can run three. And if I can run three miles, then I can run four, right? And it doesn't mean that I can run four miles instantly, right? Like I need to work up right. to that. But it's the same right. thing with this backing up and seeing what's behind door number two is once you do it the first time and you notice, oh, my gosh, I didn't die. <laughs> like, and quite the opposite, like these unseen allies come to your aid, these like strange gifts come to you, these allies show up these friends, these, these people that accompany you on this path. Other um, rainbow sheets show up. Other <laughs> rainbow sheets show up. There is a great, I'm, this is a tangent, but I think it applies here. There's a really great article in an LGBTQI magazine here in Buffalo where I live. And it was about Amistad Maupin had a book. What was it? Oh, shoot. He had this really great concept about not... He called them logical family. And I thought of you, Tanya, when I read this this weekend, because logical family for, you know, for gay people, a lot of them come out. And this was my case, too. Like, and I'm, I'm married to a man now. So go figure. What does that mean about my sexuality? But um, <laughs> like a lot of people come out to their parents who are queer and their parents reject them or their families of origin reject them. And so there was this um, queer writer by the name of Amistad Maupin who came up with this concept and has, I think, a book about logical family. And this would be in contrast to biological family. So there's a lot, especially, so this is what you talk about in this time of year. There's a lot of focus on, you know, being home with family for the holidays and making merry and doing all of these like sort of Norman Rockwell-esque things. But that's not available to everyone, especially for folks who are, queer or don't fit the gender binary or whatnot. And so this article was talking about this concept of logical family, which is basically your chosen family. And I was thinking about that, like, oh, that's so true. Like in the gay community, like people really rely on their friends because a lot of times they've been ostracized from the mainstream culture and from their biological family. And so what happens in that vacuum is that your friends like come in those other rainbow sheep because they get it, they get you. And like, that's what I see for those of us who choose to come out as who we are. 
we get a logical family. And it's the other rainbow sheep, the other allies. Yes, I love that. I haven't heard the logical before, the logical family, but I always teach. It's like your soul family, right? It's not your biological family. Because a lot of us here... Um, we've talked about it before. We're, march- we're marching to our own drum, right? We've got our own beat. We don't have the beat of our family. We don't really fit that mold. And there's some belief out there that has been planted in us, and this could be who knows how long it's been planted, that, like, you have to be close to family. Like, you yeah. have to depend on family for love and support. When most of the people listening to this, um, it's not necessarily the truth for us. We, we were here to break the mold. We were here to get out of the box and to show other people they can too, whether it's coming out um, with your you know, sexuality, gender, whether it's just, um, you know, for me, just all the other, I guess, rebel things, like the way I, <laughs> I choose to live my life, which is so not what my family, like you don't run your own business and you don't do juju stuff, and you don't, like, yeah, just all that kind of stuff, right? Um, yep, yep. You know, you don't, you don't move away from family. You don't move halfway across, you know, the U.S. away from your family. You spend holidays with family. So, like you're talking, I've had to find my own friend family, my soul family. It, in, it's yep. not my biological family. So, I think that's such an important point, and yeah, that article sounds really interesting and good, and I'm glad that you brought that up. So, everyone, we are hereby taking our magic wands, and we are clearing out that belief. And I'm not saying you can't still love your family or accept them for who they are, but that, that you have to make those your primary peeps, um, that you have to get their love, acceptance, and approval, or the world will end. So mm. everyone can take their magic wand. And they can start to clear that out because that's bullshit. (laughs) Bibbity bobbity boop. (laughs) Oh my goodness, this is this is good stuff, sister. This is good stuff. So, Mm. so uh, where do we want to go next? Your show, you tell me. Well, I guess what can you, you know, you've, you've said something really important around um, that it takes practice, right? It takes practice to, you know, decide, you know what, I am going to open the door and step out of the box a little bit today. Or I'm going to, you know, choose to do this even though, even though maybe my mom or my dad won't like it. Or maybe even my business coach like you, you know, that I hired won't like it. And I think that's, like, it's just really important for everyone to remember that the first time, no matter what it is, is the hardest, feels mm-hmm. the hardest. And like anything in life, it takes practice, whether it's running a marathon, which I've done, and I won't do it again, um, or, <laughs> <laughs> or anything else, right? Just, I think, you guys, one of the biggest things to take away from this is practice, right? And get comfortable with other people being uncomfortable. Would you agree with that? Get comfortable with other people being uncomfortable. Being uncomfortable. Yeah, because when you start to live your truth more, do things that other people might not 
think are cool or okay or what they would do, it might make them uncomfortable. It might even cause conflict. Yeah, I guess for me, I would even like be more radical in that statement. Like get not even get comfortable with other people being uncomfortable. It's it's just kind of like what I want to say is fuck those guys. <laughs> then say it. It's, yeah, but but I think it's it's like it's it for me. Uh, it's been taking my attention off of worrying or thinking or imagining what other people are going to say or do or think and bringing it back. It's like repatriating my attention back into my own body and my own system and my own sphere of influence. So it's like, it really is this idea of, yes, I care about the people in my life and like, I got to look out for my star player, right? Like that's me. I got to look out for me and what gives me life and, you know, starting to pay more attention to what we say yes to and what we say no to and like what makes us happy. And so that example that I gave at the top of, of our conversation about, you know, someone told me who's very smart and very successful Someone told me you should call your business this, and I ran it past my own filter, and I got a no, right? Yep. And the more yep. that I go, the more that I understand that when I anyone makes a suggestion or if I'm considering a different course of action, if my body is a no to that, I can trust that. My mm. body is the wisest instrument on the planet, Amen to that. And so this is, I mean, we could go on about this, you and me, <laughs> and how, because we have been conditioned, programmed, trained, what have you, to take our wisdom out of our bodies and live in our heads or look outside ourselves for other people to tell us what is okay. And mm. that is dangerous that is not okay and in my that's what leads to sickness dysfunction death us losing track of ourselves right and so for me this is a a walk walk of bringing yourself home to yourself and if you don't have that you don't you know it, it it as you were saying before like your health breaks down, your spirit breaks down, your life's not working, like, and it's just this almost invisible wall everywhere you turn. And so I guess I, I, it's weird. I don't normally talk about this stuff, but who knows what Stephanie Celine talks about, like apparently coming out in invisible walls. Like, but when that, when we find ourselves in that situation, it pays to just realize there is another way it doesn't have to be like this and be like, okay, this isn't working for me. <laughs> what other options do I have? And then start plotting the jailbreak, right? <laughs> I love, because when you were saying the invisible walls, I'm like, yeah, those are the walls that, that we put up. And it feels like we're in prison, but we were the maker of that. Like maybe not as children, right? So I, I'm talking mm. um, a lot of my people listening are, they have some past trauma right? Childhood mm -hmm. stuff. And so they did feel powerless. And here's the thing. Now we are adults and yep. we don't need, you know, we don't need those 
you know, authority figures or those people that were supposed to keep us safe and, and fed and loved growing up, we don't need to please them anymore. You know, when you said, do what makes me happy, feeds my soul, it's like, yes, we have to stop worrying about what other people want us to do, what other people think about what we want to do. And we really need to turn inwards and ask ourselves, and the body is, I love my body, my body is the wisest instrument on the planet. And I said, amen to that, because absolutely, mm-hmm. the body never lies. The body yep. never lies. So how, I would like you to talk a little bit more about that, about how you use your body um, to, to run things through your truth filter. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, like, what, like, what does that look like for you? Because I know a lot of people are like, oh, okay, and I have my version of that. But what does that look like yeah. for you when you use your body? So mine, mine's pretty, like, esoteric. So I'll say the, the most helpful way that I think it's helpful for people that are new to the concept to start playing with is taught by Martha Beck. I've worked with a, a number of Martha Beck coaches, so they taught me this. Martha Beck um, is a column. She's a life coach and also a columnist, I think, still for Oprah magazine. Very wise woman. I think she's recovering. Hey, her did she write, Mormon. Did she write Finding Your Own North Star? Yes, that's exactly her. I read that book like 10 years ago. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So she's awesome. And she teaches this concept of shackles on, shackles off. And so when you're thinking about what you're going to do next, like your next course of action, you're making a decision or you're trying to figure out, you know, are you going to accept this invitation to this party? Are you going to go to the holiday gathering? Like, are you going to say yes, you're going to bake for your kids, bake sale or whatever? You just in your mind's eye, in your imagination, you picture the alternative of saying yes to the thing or doing whatever course of action A is. And then you notice how it feels in your body shackles on makes you feel caged constricted limited or kind of like tired is how i experience it shackles Mm. off like and i know for me when i first started practicing stuff like this like a somatic response to understanding what i actually wanted because it's hard it was hard for me at the any at the outset anyways to understand what were my true desires and what were things that I thought as a good girl I should do Um, oh yeah and and so the shackles on shackles off thing was helpful and I would just kind of be like okay I'm thinking about doing this does this make me feel free and give me energy or does this make me feel caged and like I have less energy And I do this from everything like, should I have a cup of coffee today to um, am I going to accept that social invitation that my my spouse really wants me to go to? And so that's a really great tool to help you start to discern, like using your body as this deciding tool. Like, does it feel like shackles on or does it feel like shackles off? I love that terminology. Um, I teach a kind of a similar thing. I've never heard it called that before where, but it's, it's in essence, it's the same thing. Picture yourself okay. doing, you know, same kind of the same thing. Picture yourself doing this thing. How does it mm. feel in your body? And so I love mm. that, you know, does it feel quote unquote bad or does it feel right and good? And we all get yeah. our, you know, our bodies feel differently. Um, everyone's body feels differently. 
um, but the shackles on, shackles off actually gives like the visual metaphor. Yeah, it does. Um, I love that. Yeah. And I've taught that, like when I do writing workshops for clients and and in marketing, I teach that as well. Um, and that, so it's I've tested that on people, <laughs> and I always give Martha Beck credit because that was her, you know, she was the originator of that terminology, and it's really a powerful thing for us. It's a powerful tool and it really resonates with many of us, which I think is, I'm always fascinated by what language or what words work for us that really help us make sense of a discernment or an idea. So yeah, that's field tested and field approved. (laughs) So um, there you have it. I'm just like, I'm, I'm like feeling the people listening to this and it's like, I can, I can almost feel and hear them saying like, oh my God, I am doing so many things where the shackles are on. So, mm-hmm. oh, so just I want to say to those people, because it can be overwhelming when you realize I'm doing so many things that are not my truth, right? Yeah. I'm doing so many things. And so wh- where do I start? So again, you know, everyone that's listening, I always teach progress, not perfection. Amen. You know, pick, pick one thing. You know, pick the one thing that feels like maybe the shackles are, for some of you, it's going to be the biggest shackles. And for some of you, it's going to be the ones that aren't quite so big. So we're all different as to where where we need to start taking the shackles off. What do you suggest, Stella? Stephanie? (laughs) Um, Say it again. What's the question? So, like, when people realize they've got a lot of shackles on, Hmm. where did they start? Like, it can be overwhelming, you know, when you realize you have so many on. I, to be honest, I have no idea. Like, I don't, this is not what I teach. So I would defer to you. Like, where do you get people to start? This is your wheelhouse. This is not my wheelhouse. Like, people don't typically show up in my world (laughs) at that stage. So... So I, I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm, I don't really have much to say about this. So what would you? Your people, your people are already, your people are ready to. I've already started taking them off. Yeah, I, I would say a lot of people are coming through my door because they, they have quite a few that they, they have on. So my suggestion to, again, to those of you who find yourself in that place, is some of you may have to start with a big one because you know if you keep it on, it's going to be a, a fast death, I guess, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term and then some of you are going to start smaller right some of you are going to start with a smaller one that's like less scary to take off right Hmm. um but yeah that's something you know if we work together we can continue to explore that for sure because that's kind of a big question (laughs) yeah that's kind of a big question it's individual to people but yeah that's that's interesting absolutely interesting okay cool all right, sister. So, man, we've we've talked about a lot of good stuff here. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think where to go next, and I I kind of feel like, do you have anything else you want to share uh, besides your? I, I want to talk a little bit about. I know you don't have a free gift at this time, but you have something else special going on. But before we get into that, is there anything else you feel really called to say? Nope. Okay, I kind of felt complete too. So you've got this. Um, cool little or big event coming up in December called Writing Your Way Home. Can you tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about that? Yeah, actually, it's a it's an ongoing workshop. So it runs 
December 20th to March 21st. And as we've been talking about, I'm in the middle of my cotillion, my coming out from being Stella Orange, my gnome de plume that runs uh, a copywriting business, to coming home to myself as Stephanie Celine. So um, one of the practices that has sustained me over the years as I go is it's almost like a rudder. Like if you were in a boat and you are using a rudder to steer in the, in the waters, in the ocean, in the seas. Um, I've used a writing practice since I was probably in high school um, to keep track of myself and to actually tell myself the story of my own life. And I feel that this, more than anything else I have done, um, has saved me. It's like the, it's my own, I'll just say, it's like my own personal Jesus, basically, my own savior. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's like my own, my, my journaling practice has been my refuge. It's been my temple. It's been the place that I go with whatever is happening to me in my life, where I tell myself the story, digest it, and then kind of do some reimagining of what's going on so that whatever's happening, even if it kind of sucks, I metabolize it and digest it and turn it into fuel to power me for what's ahead. So um, that's part of the reason that I'm coming out as Stephanie Celine is, is I'm getting the signal. Now is the time to share this work with other women where I'm not talking about business. I continue to advise people on their business and their marketing but I'm doing this as my legacy work because I know that there are a lot of women who would benefit from telling themselves the stories of their own lives and doing it in their journal with these tools that I've developed just messing around in my own creative writing practice, like wearing costumes, developing alter egos, like creating characters that you make up in your head that you talk to and write like letters to back and forth. Um, I once, once wrote a letter to the character of responsibility who showed up in my journal last summer as I considered oh. moving from being a single person to being a, you know, a half of a partnership and joining another human being's family. And I was having really big feelings about that. And I was kind of, thrashing and raging and didn't want, you know, his weird aunt, my, my spouse's weird aunt to expect things of me because she's a Trump supporter. And how am I going to deal with that? And so, like, you know, and so, so th it's this refinement and this working of a lot of the themes that we've talked about today. But I believe like conversation is awesome. And the best conversation that any of us can have is a conversation with ourselves. And so Amen. that's what writing your way home is about. It's creating space in your day to have a conversation with yourself in writing and it, no one else needs to read it. You can even flipping burn it after you're done writing it. And it's this very cathartic restorative process and practice. So, so I'll be doing that and I'm going to be teaching some of the goofy things that I've cooked up over the years. Um, like costumes and burning your writing if you don't want anyone else to read it and deciding who gets to read your most private and secret parts of yourself and who doesn't. Um, and then 
we're also going to be talking, I'm, I'm going to be doing these once a quarter. They run like solstice to equinox, equinox to solstice. So I'm going to teach six classes. We'll have a, a chat about this hero's journey story that I think is so magnificent for understanding the stories of your life. It's basically, you know, what many of us hint at uh, when we're speaking, that we are all heroes on the road. Um, mm. And I, feminist and humanist that I am, I'm like, well, fuck it. Women are heroes too. I'm not going to call you sheroes or feminine lady heroes <laughs> or any of that. Like, sheroes. <laughs> Well, and I have I have some colleagues and friends that do hero's journey work, but they come from this feminine sort of gender perspective. And that's awesome. Or like they talk about priestesses and goddesses. That's just right. not me. And yeah. so like it's I'm so happy that they're doing them and that that's working for their audiences. But for me, apparently my subversive work, legacy work in the world is just being like, yeah, women can be heroes too. Newsflash. Like and just <laughs> hello we all masculine feminine hello seriously and possibly we've also we're moving beyond gender like like let's yeah you know that's a conversation for another day but um so i want to teach the hero's story in this this workshop and then teach some of my goofy tools um that are quite liberating uh as we do adulting in our lives and then teaching and just having an ongoing conversation about your writing practice, even if you don't think of yourself as a writer. I've worked with a lot of people over the years with businesses who say, oh, Stella, I can't write. And Stephanie says the same thing that Stella says, which is just like, oh, yes, you can. Everybody can <laughs> you just, write. You just wrote Everybody. a grocery list. Like, you can write. Um, <laughs> you just wrote another to-do so, list. See? Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. And so, you know, if, if you can, you know, you know how to hold a pen and you can scare up some paper, you know how to write. So we're going to be no, looking at that. And then the other, say it again. I was just going to say that, you know, I, I think this is so wonderful because I personally also feel like writing has been one of the biggest healing tools in my tool belt and yep. is such, is such, I think, a necessary way to get in touch with who we really are. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and start rewriting, you know, it's almost like, who are you and whose story have you been living? And now you can write your own even. Um, yeah, I just am so excited for your, um, for write, writing your way home. I think it's, you know, finally you've been called to step out and do this um, because it's so needed in the world right now, especially for women. I'm not saying men, yeah. you know, don't have that issue too, but I'm, I'm going to, go out on a limb and say more women than men, I feel have been disconnected from who they truly are. Yeah. And it's time, it's time to connect basically. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's what I'm running around. Con like connect and die. Pots and pants. Yeah. Connect, connect yeah. and live. I think too, like now is the time yeah. and there's, there's exciting stuff happening in this world. And you know, this, I do think that writing, it's been, that's been my experience as well, Tanya, of writing is a healing thing. And it's, it's funny because I don't tend to use the word healing. Like, I know that healing exists. I have experienced it, but that's just not part of like the language that I use yeah. in my world. Right. However, that's right. very much what this is, which is like regaining, like becoming the author of your own life. And I mean, I can really nerd out with you here, which I will not do. But this idea of like, if you're holding the pen, 
and you're sitting down to tell the story, you can say whatever the heck you want, and it doesn't matter whether it's true or not. Like, just stinking make it up. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if anybody else likes it or, or, or no. approves of it and, or anything. And you, and you could even write three different versions of whatever happened. And it doesn't matter. Like, there's no, this isn't grade school. You're not being scored for your punctuation or grammar or spelling. Like, this is just for you. And I find that that, especially mm. for us as, you know, as we call ourselves adults, like, that space is very shackles off. And it's very dangerous in the most wonderful way. And it's very liberating. And it's very creative. And it actually is like a rehearsal for how we want to be in our lives. So I can't tell you, and I bet you you've had this experience as well, the number of times that I've written something down that I wish would happen or that I wish I had the huevos to say to another human being, and the actual act of rehearsing it or exploring it in my writing helped me rise to the occasion in my actual lived life. Oh, hell yeah, sister. Um, uh-huh. Absolutely. I, whether it's whether it's me uh, desiring to have a certain outcome or me, yep. yeah, I, I'll do that with my clients sometimes. They need to say something difficult to someone that they're afraid to. Why don't you write out what you would say first and why don't you yeah. rehearse it? So yeah. it's like it's, it's, all, it's all of that, right? It's like dreaming and it's like also practicing and it's, oh man, writing is just, a powerful tool and so many people I'm going to say are afraid to write and I think it's for two reasons they're afraid number one of what they're going to find and number two they're afraid it's not going to be quote-unquote perfect so let's take off everyone take off the shackles of perfection right now Mm. like let's let's take those off because I think that is one of the other biggest things that holds us back from living and being our truth as women and men is that perfection bullshit. Um, so just putting that out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And I know you do a lot of work around overcoming perfectionism. And I know I, I know myself to be a recovering perfectionist. So that, yeah. Amen yeah. and hallelujah, Tanya. Amen and hallelujah. So you guys, go check out this amazing virtual writing event, I guess we could call it, um, Writing Your Way Home. And the way you can find that, you guys, is if you are listening to this lovely conversation on my website, the link will be right below this audio player. If you are on iTunes or Podbean or, God, I don't even know what other platforms are broadcasting this at this point, but um, you can go to tanyapenny.com, click on the podcast. Um, yeah, click on podcast in the toolbar, and it'll take you to the page where this wonderful um, gift or event and all of the gifts, um, including my Vibrant Body and Abundant Life Starter Kit are. So you definitely want to check this out, you guys. I know that some of you will be listening after it starts, and that's okay. The link is still going to be good um, for the next event. Um, I'm sure you're not, this is not going to be a one-time event. <laughs> no, I have, I have a, a workshop. Feeling. So, so yeah, it keeps going and I do it every quarter. So we'll, this is what awesome. I'm doing for the next five years or something. <laughs> yeah. So, so I know that, um, 
yeah, who knows how long the podcast will last? I don't know. So <laughs> anyways, it'll take, it'll take you to, the link will take you somewhere. And um, <laughs> it'll be somewhere magical and special. Right now, it'll That's be right. riding your way home. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. You go. Thank you so much for um, joining me today and just sharing just all of your good stuff. I just really appreciate mm-hmm. it. And it's been so much fun. Um, oh, Right back at you. Thank you for hosting my cotillion as myself. There, there's no better place to do it, to come out and reveal myself as me than with you, Tanya. So thank you for, for being here and doing your work in the world. Oh, thank you. And I really do feel honored that you that you came out with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love helping people to come out, whether it's Indeed. gender or otherwise. So um, I think it's important that we, we take the shackles off, as you, as you say, you and Martha Beck say. So, so awesome, everybody. Again, thank you for joining me and Stephanie Celine for Vibrant Body and Abundant Life. Remember, progress, not perfection. Small steps is what it takes to not only heal your body, but really have that amazing abundant life that includes living your purpose, Um, includes just doing what you're here to do in the world, whatever that is. Maybe it's just to share your humor. Maybe it's to go out and hug people. Like what, I don't know. I'm pulling stuff out of my ass today. So um, whatever, whatever, (laughs) whatever it is. And, um, and I hope you come back. We've got so many wonderful, um, oh, just so many wonderful people here that are are helping to um, change the change the world is really what we're all here to do and, and be more of ourselves. Any, any parting words for you, Stephanie Stella? Keep up the good work, everyone. You got this. Mm, love it. All right, you guys. Bye. Have a beautiful day, beautiful week, beautiful rest of the year. And um, hell yeah to 2018. Thanks for listening to Vibrant Body and Abundant Life with Tanya Penny. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and be sure to leave us a favorable review at iTunes. And remember to visit TanyaPenny.com to receive all of your favorite free expert gifts, including Tanya's virtual workshop, The Vibrant Body and Abundant Life Blueprint.